Social media. It's a phrase we hear a lot these days, and we often talk about this 21st century communication as if it's one thing, one static thing. But it's not. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, you know, we might tend to think of social media as if it's just one big digital web that connects us all doing exactly the same thing. But even though there are some overarching similarities between different platforms, there are a lot of differences between them as well. And furthermore, social media continues to change and evolve. You know, it seems like you just get it figured out and something new pops up and that presents our families with an ongoing challenge regarding how we're going to respond to it. So as we launch 2023, our first podcast of the new year, we're going to kick off our plugged in show conversation with an overview about the state of the union in social media. (laughs) What's changing, what's new, what longstanding issues are still there even as things change that we need to be aware of. And in our second segment, plugged in reviewer Paul AC will be here to tell us about an indie movie that's stirring up quite a bit of Oscar buzz. And it's called Women Talking, and it's just been released in theaters across the country. And before we jump in, I'd also encourage you to follow the plugged in show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave us a review. Tell other people how awesome our conversations about pop culture and technology are each week and why they should start joining us too. Well, joining me for our conversation today are Emily Clark, Kennedy Unthank, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. Friends, I can't believe it, but it's a new year already. I mean, I feel like I was just getting used to writing 2022 on my checks, and now I'm going to have to start writing 2023. And yes, I know the fact that I use checks at all at yes. all probably marks still me write as checks. some That's sort right. of oldster. Um But these new years, they tend to sneak up on us. So here's my opening question. Obviously, the new year is a time for reflection, for evaluation, for setting goals that will last at least two or three weeks before we revert to our 2022 ways. Um, And so I'll stop with the cynicism about New Year's resolutions right there. But uh, here's my question. What is your favorite movie that has some kind of New Year connection? I'm going to give you a very broad definition of what that means. So if you want to, you know, talk about a movie that is literally about New Year's Day, great. But it could also be just a good movie about starting over, trying again, um, that will encourage us in our own resolutions this year. Who wants to go first? I can start. All right. Can I? Um, yeah, so I think one immediately came to mind. You know, it's it's, it's a Christmas movie. It's not necessarily New Year's, but it is okay. about starting over. And that's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, I think it's it stood the test of time for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy contemplates whether or not he wants to keep existing. And he's shown, hey, this is why your life is still important, even in the midst of this trial. Okay. Emily? <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh. I will. I'm, I couldn't I'm ready. think of anything, but then I thought of something. Star it, Wars. It no, but okay, it does happen <laughs> at New Year's. It actually started a oh, whole franchise no. starting on New Year's. Uh-oh. <laughs> high it, School Musical. Oh, High School Musical. <laughs> I'm the, not the laughing. I am. Choices. I am groaning. 
But tell yeah, us more about your bit. choice. I am groaning a little too. No, they, they they it starts on New Year's Eve. That's how Troy and Gabriella meet. They're like at a okay. ski resort with their families, and they both get. Uh, swindled into singing karaoke and then they're amazing together and it launched the franchise. That happened to me once, but somehow I ended up here instead. I know. <laughs> it's because you don't look like Zac Efron. Well, there's that. I <laughs> I was going to point it out, but you beat me to the punch. John, Jonathan, before I take any more shots from Emily, what's yes, your movie no, this week? Absolutely. That, that's it. Well, well, I guess there's all kinds of different directions I could go. I know if my wife was answering the question, it would probably be sleepless in Seattle because, you know, the famous, you know, meeting yep. in New York and, you know, all that. And, and I could go several different directions. If I'm going to go to 1985 which might seem as a Christmas movie, but it's really a movie all about new beginnings because this poor high school kid gets broken up with his girlfriend and his whole life is changed and he has to start trying to figure out whether it's even worth living. I'm talking about Better Off Dead, John Cusack. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it is just classic. I want my classic. $2. Yes. It's just, it's classic. It's quotable. Um, a little dark at times. It's a little dark um, at times. It's a little dark, but just comedy genius uh, that will last through the ages. So for me, I, I think with New Beginnings, he finds purpose in life and he fixes up a 68 Camaro, if I remember right. So. I think that's exactly right. Well, I will go with Star Wars, which is about us. A... No, I'm not going to go with Star Wars. <laughs> we thought you Star would. Star Wars is the answer to every Every question. Yeah, exactly. So except, when I, it's not. except when it's not. Except I don't know what that would be. Um, I am going to go with um, the Disney movie The Kid, starring Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. And oh, Bruce yeah, Willis totally. is sort of I love that movie. having a, yeah. a midlife crisis, and he's a hard-driving, hard-charging guy who um, comes into contact with his younger self through a bit of Disney magic. And, and the little version of Bruce Willis's character basically says this is what happened to us what in the world i mean he's pretty much aghast at how awful uh his older self's life has become so it's sort of a mildly existential look at finding meaning in life and when our dreams go sideways what do we do about that so pretty fun movie um i actually really like that movie quite a lot so some things to think about if you're pondering movie choices early in 2023 well let's talk about social media in 2023 as i was saying in the intro yeah we yeah. often talk about social media as if it's one big monolithic thing that's exactly the same and never changes but honestly that couldn't be further from the truth in any given year you know we have social media platforms on the rise we have other ones on decline and we have change and we have evolution and we have new things coming in that we need to think about. So I thought as we got started in a new year, this would be an ideal time to talk with parents about the state of social media in 2023 and what uh, they need to be aware of. And so just real broadly for starters, what are some of the overall trends we're seeing with regard to social media these days? Yeah, so for me, I think, you know, uh, doing uh, most of our YouTube reviews has really put me on the, yeah, in, in the sights of everything YouTube. It's the okay. number one app used by teens. Okay, yeah, according it's just, to um, several studies. Actually, yeah, several studies yes. have said that it has just exploded in popularity. And you know, YouTube was always popular for right. ever since it came out. But uh, you know, with the introduction of paying their creators a long time ago, and, and with the introduction of 
uh, all these other things. You know, they added their comment section, they added these shorts, they added all these things, and now it's just children apparently love it. Yeah. Uh, especially Gen Z. Uh, conversely, however, uh, Facebook is in decline okay. uh, with the younger generations. Uh, you see that a lot of the people on Facebook are typically older people. Um, yep. Gen Z isn't uh, creating accounts at the same rate as previous generations have. Well, what's interesting about it, though, is that it's still like the number one social media app that is used. It's just mm-hmm. not used by teens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so True. it's it it is it is going to die out because the only people using it, as Kennedy just said, are older generations. So, yeah, okay. that one is definitely probably going to start going down in the next 10 years or so. We'll Although they have an installed user base of like two billion people, so, well, yeah, and like you know, it, well, it will just sort of drift into a anymore. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, what uh, what are you seeing with regard to social media? I know this is an area you spend a lot of time thinking about because you you spend time helping parents deal with this issue in particular. Yeah, I mean, I think it's no news to know that obviously. TikTok is kind of the app that everybody wants to be. I mean, you've got those, you know, YouTube is obviously where kids were watching videos and a lot of kids were wanting to be creative with videos. So it's hugely popular um, on desktop and in your back pocket. In your back pocket, TikTok still rules um, for sure because uh, it, it just, I mean, it beat everything out actually a year ago. And has stayed on the top and everybody else is trying to now be TikTok. You're seeing the other platforms thinking, hey, can we release the same type of thing? But it is interesting, too, that TikTok has made some adjustments. Um, Everybody's trying to find the perfect length of video because YouTube is very powerful. And TikTok thought, let's get a little bit longer where, you know, (laughs) YouTube and others are like, maybe we could get a little shorter. So they're trying to find the perfect length of video because we have this you know, generation that's grown up with such a short attention span who's flipping through, you know, as quick as possible. So so I think that's kind of one thing to watch. The other thing I think that's interesting is, of course, the rise of Be Real. Um, that's mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. older ages. I spend time with middle school kids. Middle school kids don't seem to, you know, care about that as much. But when you get into high school and especially then college age, uh, Be Real is very, you know, I, I want to be authentic. I'm tired of filters. I'm tired of, you know, the fake that's out there, fake news, fake posts, fake, you know, pictures. And so Be Real giving an opportunity to be able to, you know, post a real pic or at least no, look, it took them three times to take that picture. I think that's something that we're start. We might start to see a little more of this desire for authenticity. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how long it lasts. Now, I, the trend with be real is it's a good thing because it is showing that there is just this exasperation with the filtered curated content that we're being spoon fed by all these other social media apps. And what was hey, Emily, can I just interrupt you for two seconds? Um, and, and I want to I want to keep talking about this because we're talking about be real maybe in a way that people don't even know what it is. So what is it about this new social network um, be real that, that really sets it apart and makes it different? Yeah, yeah, I could chime in on that if you want. It is basically uh, different in the fact that you cannot post a pic you know, that's been altered. You can't post a pic 
from your photos. You have to just take a picture live at a given moment when Be Real tells you once a day, okay, it's time to post your picture. And when you post it, the only thing you can do is if you don't like it, you can retake it. But then it tells everybody it took them three picks, you know, three tries to do this. There's no altering, there's nothing. So it's kind of this idea of, hey, this is the authentic you know, person caught at this time, you know, no filters, the real person, be real. Another thing that's interesting about it is it doesn't focus on the amount of likes and followers. That stuff isn't, uh, you, you don't see that right there. So those are some of the good things. Uh, parental concerns, it still is something where you do get followers and you end up with a bunch of strangers following you. So we still need to have those conversations with our kids because you're still, you know, uh, you're still posting pics and you've got people following you that can message you. So there's all those ramifications, but definitely strides forward from the huge pressure that so much social media puts on us, which is getting those likes and followers up and posting the perfect pic. That's not the case with Be Real. Well, and another thing about Be Real is that you're limited to how many followers you can have. You can only have like 500 friends on there. So it actually kind of kills the whole influencer thing because if yep. you can only if you can yeah. only give content to 500 people, you're going to be a lot more selective about who those people are. Right. And they're trying to like, you know, reshape how teenagers and other users of the app, they're trying to reshape how you look at social media. It's not about how many likes, how many followers. It's not about how good you look. It's about, hey, just be real, you know? Right. And um, another thing that, you know, Jonathan was talking about how you can't filter anything in the app. It also, um, when you go to take that picture, there's a time limit for yeah. how long. Like, you know, so it might sit there and say how many tries you did it, but you're also, you can't just yeah. sit there and try for 24 hours to take the perfect picture. No, you right. have a very yeah. short amount of time to get that picture taken. And that's the idea. You're not showing it to your followers. You're showing not it to your friends. Not a lot of time friends. to change clothes. Not a lot of time to change your hair, put on no, makeup, just, whatever. It's like, just tell your friends how you're doing. Just tell them what's going on in your life today. And that's the idea behind the app is just to to get people back to uh, kind of the origins of social media. Yeah. No, I, I like all of that. And again, I think, Jonathan, you mentioned it. Sort of the core premise of this is that once a day at a random time during the day, you get your be real alert and you have two minutes to take a selfie of yourself. And it's just sort of like, here's a snapshot of where I'm at right in this moment. And it goes out to your friends and that's it. I mean, it doesn't encourage you to spend the next 14 hours scrolling through. Now you can look at other pictures that are that are public, but theoretically it, it should also combat that scrolling tendency that we have with Instagram and Facebook and and most social media in general. I want to circle back to our, our conversation about TikTok because I think that there's a, an important thing to talk about. Jonathan, you talked about shortened attention spans. And I want to just talk about what are some of the implications and the things that we need to be thinking about when it comes to short form video, because I think TikTok really has pushed things in that direction. We now have Facebook Reels. We now have YouTube Shorts. Everybody's moving toward this short form yeah, uh, sure. kind of entertainment. What What are the implications of that, especially for our kids? I think immediately you have this idea that, <clears throat> especially on more complex topics, you're not going to get the full information. Right. Where you have, instead of like these full-fledged, you know, especially in like a lot of TikToks are talking about like political issues or debates or something. And 
you'll see these zingers more than you see actual... These sound bites. Exactly. You see sound bites and kind of reactions rather than anything of full substance. Yeah. Well, well, and and honestly, I mean, I'll talk about the elephant in the room. We're kind of breeding ignorance because in a world full of sound bites and whatever, we don't have a lot of people doing the real research. We have a lot of people just saying, well, didn't it? I think I just read that. And what they're talking about is I just saw a tweet, you know, or whatever. And so very often, instead of actually studying an issue, um, listening to someone who has an opinion opposite of yours, uh, researching, you know, what people are saying about something versus just, you know, oh, here's, here's the quick buzz. Here's the headline. And, you know, writers will tell you, especially if you write articles and that kind of stuff, very often your headline has to grab them. Mm -hmm. And uh, headlines can be deceiving. Headlines can say something to try to get you into the article. But when you get into the media article, you find out what's really uh, going on in the issue. So sadly, if people are only spending 15 seconds, they're not getting a lot of depth. Yeah, I know. It's clickbait. It's like, what can I do to get you to click on this, to get you to listen to this, to get you to whatever? And and then you move on, you know? Yeah. And I was watching a movie where it showed a um, it showed a clip from a woman's speech, a celebrity's speech. And um, I was talking to somebody after the movie about that speech. I was like, so that was a real thing because it was a clip from it. And they said, yeah, but the real speech said, and they told me everything the actual speech said. And I was kind of shocked because they, you know, if you only took that, you know, 30 second clip, it didn't sound so bad. If you listen to the whole spiel, it was it got kind of graphic and kind of awful. And I was like, wow, that's uh, that changes my opinion on that whole speech and everything uh, kind of even changes the opinion of the direction the movie took. Wow. Well, and, and I'll add that I think a bigger or a parallel concern that I have as a parent is just this descent into mindless inanity. Like you guys are talking about stuff on TikTok that at least has uh, – a whisper of meaning and import, but I don't think of TikTok as the place where I'm going for <laughs> political commentary. TikTok is that's where you know, teenagers are going, though. Well, it is, but it's yeah, but they're not going for that. They're going for silly videos, and so in a very very weird way, I feel like we have circled all the way back to the late 1980s or 1990s, and that TikTok feels like America's funniest home videos. <laughs> Like in yeah, 15 yeah, second sure. increments, like we've gone, we've come full circle. And so my concern is, um, you know, when my kids say they're bored, when they say that doing their homework is hard, when, you know, we suggest doing something that requires conversation and thought, I'm finding resistance to it. And, and actually, one of my daughters came to me the other day. I asked her, you know, what kinds of things she was watching on YouTube these days. And we try to talk about what we're engaging with media wise and her response was, I thought, incredibly telling. She said, oh, I don't watch YouTube anymore. It's too long. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and that, that's the TikTok effect, right? That our kids are being conditioned literally to have a 30-second attention span. And it's sort of like an arms race of who can do the more ridiculous thing that gets attention. I know I saw a video a while back, and it was a strange um, contest where you – pour cereal in your significant other's mouth and then pour milk in and then eat cereal out of each other's mouths. And to Ew. me, that sort of like encapsulates <laughs> the brainless inanity 
of TikTok. It takes the kind of mindless stuff that happens on Disney shows. I mean, frankly, it makes Disney shows look like War and Peace, right? Okay, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you can learn a lot. And I don't want to shift gears too much here, but uh, talking about TikTok, you can learn a lot when the government steps in, when the FTC steps in, or even just pressure from viewers steps in enough to where they have to make a change. And, and about a year ago, TikTok was forced to make some changes. And one of the changes they made was sending notifications to younger kids after 9 p.m. and then a different age group after 10 p.m. Their hand was slapped and they're basically, so they made a change. Okay, we won't do that anymore. And of course, whenever you find a change like that, read into that and find out, well, well, what was going on? And think about this, beforehand, TikTok at nine at night, at 10 at night was sending you these little things saying, hey, we know you like these videos, a new one was just posted. It was like trying (laughs) to even lure you in even more. Mm-hmm. And that's a good segue to the other thing that they had to change. The other thing they had to change was that TikTok by default was set to where you could get receive instant messages. Um, and they changed it to where now under 16 and 17, you actually have to turn that on. It used to be on by default. And if that doesn't tell you something for parents sitting there thinking, hmm, at what age should my kids be able to start making decisions, adult decisions about who to talk with, whatever, TikTok literally, because of pressure, said, eh, I don't know if 16 and 17-year-olds can make these decisions when someone's DMing them. And so that was another thing. We can learn a lot when we look at some of those changes that TikTok make. And it it means this is some dangerous territory we should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and regarding the, those short form videos, I think one of the draws is the fact that they are so short, you kind of get drawn into watching one of them. Right, and then, then an hour then you're later. Like, well, I can watch another one, it's only like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then you, can, you yeah. see another one, I can watch that one, it's only 30 seconds. And then like an hour has gone by. And, you know, regarding like if you're trying to go to bed, <laughs> you know, right. when awful. you're sitting there and you're like, oh, it's just one video, it'll be this fine. Because, I mean, when I finish it, it'll still be 10. You yeah. know? This is why <laughs> Jonathan then... is always recommending that you don't even take the phone into the bedroom. Right, exactly. <laughs> Get him out that's of the bedroom. exactly right. Well, I think that the influence of short form videos will continue to be an important subject for us to to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, And I want to just end with a conversation that we've talked about off and on over the course of the Plugged In show. And that's just resetting boundaries with our family if this area feels like it's out of control. Uh, And I know even when we have moments where we feel like social media and screen engagement in general feels like it's under control, it can slip out of control really quickly. Just any thoughts on that as we think about this being a new year and and maybe establishing some new habits, what would be maybe two or three ideas for that kind of a reset? I, I don't want to sound like, you know, a, a resounding, you know, saying the same thing, but I think parents are looking for very practical tips on what do I do? And it's very easy to overreact and kind of try to throw out the whole thing. And sometimes keeping it very simple with a simple boundary like, hey, no devices in the bedroom after nine o'clock at night. It, it makes it simpler for parents because it's hard to, you know, you're never going to be able to keep up with all the apps. You know, you're going to be like, well, wait, well, now what's Visco? What's Shuffles? They seem really cool. They're creative. They give you a chance for, you know, and, and it's hard to know. But even some of those apps you're still dealing with, who are they meeting? What kind of conversations are they having with these strangers? So... There's lots of helpful rules like, hey, don't friend anyone you don't know. 
But in a world where eight out of 10 young people want to be an influencer, that almost doesn't happen. Mm. So a very simple rule about let's keep it out of the bedrooms at night really helps because that's where a lot of the damaging conversations happen. That's where a lot of the spending two or three hours more than you should. uh, That's where a lot of the pressure and just sitting there looking at all the comments that were made about you that day. All that stuff happens at night and just keeping phones out of the bedrooms is just one simple step. Yeah, no, I think another thing uh, to just keep in mind is you just mentioned how eight out of 10 young people want to be an influencer. I think, you know, one way you can set a boundary is just ask to have a conversation with your kid. Why do you want to be an influencer? What's the what's the reason behind that? And really talk to them, because um, another thing that these apps are doing is they're actually making it easier for micro influencers, people who don't have as big of a following influencers. Yeah, <laughs> not not very, ridiculous. Very they, these are people who don't have a million plus followers, but they're making okay. it easier for them to make money. And it's called um, user generated content UGC. And basically, what that means is that brand different brands, you know, rather than having a professional photographer do this photo shoot with an actress or whatever, they just have a regular person who bought their product at a store take a picture, and then they get money for taking that picture. Oh wow! You know, yeah. so like it is like leaning that way. And I think that that's another way that uh, families might want to set a boundary. Yeah. And we also need to have conversations with our children just about uh, parasocial relationships in general, which, you know, it's the idea of a one-sided relationship through the screen. So like, you know, in the age of influencers and, you know, these charismatic YouTubers and TikTokers and, and Twitch streamers and all this, you know, you have these kids who really look up to these people and they want to be exactly like them. And, you know, a lot of these people you might not even know they exist right. because you you know your kids just watching their screen and they never show it to you and right. sooner or later you know they they're saying there and they're like oh yeah well you know what uh x youtuber said this you know and it's right. like well who, who's x youtuber <laughs> you know uh so it's yep. important to to make sure you can try and connect on that and, and just figure out who they're watching and whether or not that's having an influential effect on on them as a person All right. And just one more thing that I think would actually kind of make this kind of a fun challenge is, you know, um, in honor of New Year's, what if you set like a 21 day challenge for your entire family to just go social media free for 21 days? Oh, I love it. And whoever whoever wins, you know, gets some sort of prize, you know, I I know iPhone. I know it's not. (laughs) No, no, no. That's not the price. I know it's not great to bribe your kids and and whatnot. But think about that, though, because, you know, if you have siblings competing against each other to see who can go longer without using social media at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're actually reprogramming their brains so that they don't feel the constant need to be on social media. You know, they've done studies where, you know, if people just reduced the amount of time that they use their screens each day in the long run it actually affects them long term they actually start using it less and less you know so imagine what a 20 day challenge even if your kid only makes it a week it's still going to have an effect on them and it might actually make them use social media less i love that and i love um you know just to bring this conversation in for a landing I think as we wrestle with this in our own homes and our own lives, I would also be remiss if I didn't say the parental example is huge here, and we've talked yes. about that mm-hmm. in That's the why past I said as the well. Entire family exactly, do and, it. and your your twenty one day challenge gets at that, Emily. Um, but I think it's always um, it's always a blend of rules and relationships. You know, we want to 
we want to set the boundaries, but we also want to be engaged enough that we know what our kids are doing online, what they're interested in, what they're drawn to, what they're being influenced by. And that's just an ongoing conversation. So as important as the rules and boundaries are, I think even that focus on relationship over the long haul is where we want to invest our energies. And we keep resetting when things, you know, get out of control, you know, just because we had a reset three months ago doesn't mean we don't need another one now. And and that's okay because I think it's the nature of this. It's sort of like spilling a cup of coffee on your desk. The coffee goes everywhere, right? Ask me how I know. Um, uh, and, and so social media and I think our engagement with screens in general is kind of like that. It, it just spills over everything. And so we have to create strategies and boundaries that help us. And we have to keep talking about how these things are influencing our lives. So thanks, guys. Great conversation. And I suspect we will continue to talk about the influence of social media in future episodes of The Plugged In Show. Well, in our second segment today, Paul AC is here to talk about a movie about talking. <laughs> Women talking. Which, Women talking. Frankly, as descriptive uh, titles go, it both tells me everything and tells me nothing. So I can only assume that there are conversations between women. But other than that, I don't know anything. So, Paul, what's this movie about and why is it getting some Oscar buzz? Because it's one of these movies that as you look at the short list for potential Best Picture nominees, this one's coming up over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of a misleading title. But it's very appropriate. Is it women not talking? (laughs) They are all talking. (laughs) And what it really is, is the backstory is this. You have this really isolated Mennonite community that is... That did not start the way I thought it was no, going to. I just no, want to it's, say that. <laughs> and, and something really terrible has happened. For several years, some of the men on this isolated community have been habitually assaulting and raping some of these women. Ooh, oh, my God. Right? Actually, most of them. And wives, mothers, daughters, some of them very, very young. They um, tranquilize these women so that they don't remember. And when they wake up and they realize that something has happened, the men of the community say, it is your imagination. It is a spirit that, that attacked you. It is a demon that attacked you. Eventually, one of the girls... So this is pretty much the feel-good movie of 2023. Oh, my goodness. It is heavy duty. So um, what's the redemptive... I mean, obviously, that's horrific, but there is a redemptive angle here, I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, well, just to back up... Sorry, you know, I'm jumping the gun here. I'm wanting to move on from the horror to something yeah, well, <laughs> more Yeah, well, we really have to set up the fact that because they're tranquilized, they don't remember anything, one girl eventually wakes up and sees her attacker. That attacker accuses others, and they are sent to the town uh, to jail. But the other men in the community, they bail them out. They're going to bring them back... And the uh, they basically the men say, "Okay, when we get back, you women, you're gonna have to forgive everything that had happened." We were given two days to forgive the attackers before they returned. We hardly knew how to read or to write, but that day, we learned how to vote. Do nothing. Stay and fight. Wait. Leave. As the men are out bailing these guys out to bring them back, the women are talking about what to do. Are they going to actually do as they are asked to do 
do nothing? Are they going to fight back or are they going to leave? Those are the three choices that are on the table for them. And these women get together and they talk about how to deal with this incredibly, incredibly horrific issue that they have to deal with. Wow. So where does this movie go? I mean, without spoiling the ending, is there a redemptive angle here? There is in a way. You know, I think that what you have here, I I found it really compelling because you're talking about uh, a community that has been habitually disenfranchised. You know, the the women are not regarded as, their opinions really don't matter within this community. Uh, They don't even ask for anything. There's a beautiful speech that one of them makes how they have never asked for anything from the men. And the woman says at the end, wouldn't it be ironic if the very first thing we ask for is asked to leave. Um, mm. So you have these women who are taking control over their own destinies for the first time in their lives. Um, and so because of that, you have some really provocative conversations. And the conversations, even though it takes place in a very isolated community that we really don't know anything about, it has some wider issues. You know, the relationship between men and women. It talks a lot about God and how um, sometimes religion can be misused used and abused by those in authority. Um, It's really a very painful, honest, surprisingly touching, strangely funny movie in places. You know, it it has some moments of humor. These conversations are incredibly thought-provoking. What's it rated, Paul? It is rated PG-13. Okay, so even though it it has a a really horrific sort of premise, it's not crazy explicit not r-rated explicit. no no and and because it's because it really reflects what the movie is titled the, it is really about these women talking in a barn obviously there's some really difficult difficult conversations about some horrific subjects you do see some flashbacks of the bruises you see some blood you see kind of what happened in the aftermath of those attacks the wounds that these women the physical wounds that these women sometimes bear Um, you have a little bit of language uh, which is unexpected for a Mennonite community um, Mm -hmm. but it's they're trying to to deal with their emotions in ways that they have not dealt with before but it really does feel restrained it's very provocative. Um, It's very challenging in some ways, but in terms of the explicit content that we see, it's pretty restrained. All right. Well, Paul, thank you for telling us about this. And and you might be thinking, why are we talking about this movie? Obviously, we've got the Black Panther, Wakanda's Forever of the World, and Avatars, and the Disney movies. But the Oscars tends to recognize movies that are more in this vein. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes they have so much content that you wouldn't even think about watching them. And other times, like I think in this case, there are some really interesting conversations that are started. And especially as we move into awards season, we want to let you know, as our Plugged In Show listeners, that you'll find reviews of all of the main Oscar contenders. So this is just one of a number of films that are not going to get that kind of mainstream buzz, but certainly are attracting attention for the kind of themes they're dealing with. And and each week we publish reviews of those. And so, Paul, thank you for wading into a difficult, but I think it sounds like very interesting film and telling us what it's all about. You bet. Well, now it's time for a segment of The Plugged In Show we call 
name that movie. And as the title suggests, what we're going to do here is to give a sarcastic, exaggerated, or somehow unexpected mm, summary, a couple sentences of a movie, and the rest of us have to guess what it is. There aren't technically winners or losers here. I guess if we can't guess it, I mean, you could be either a winner or a loser. Either you've stumped us or you've done a lousy job of summarizing the movie. So, you know, you can take your pick on that. Is there anybody who would like to volunteer to go first? Jonathan. Oh, I see that hand. I see that hand. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I got to be a teacher's pet here. Okay. Um, Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Ready. A school teacher is summoned to use his knowledge to help his country find God. Mm. Is that a, what's it called? The Tomorrow War? I can't remember what it's called. The one with Chris Pratt. <laughs> he was a teacher, wasn't he? In that? He was. <laughs> he was a teacher. No. no. Uh, um, you have to go back a few decades. Oh, few it's an old one. Decades. A school Man, teacher you can't summoned movies that to came use his knowledge it's to not help going, his country. That's not going my way. Is it God. Bing Crosby movie? It's in the 80s. 80s. Not Bing Crosby. All right. Give us another hint. Okay, here we go. A professor is summoned to use his knowledge and skills to help his country find the power of God. Oh, Raiders Lost Art. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, very That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, I just needed a little bit more. The professor and yeah. powers of God. Yeah, that power got, God instead of find that God. That got me there. <laughs> there so go. I'm going to go next, and, and mine, I think, will be easier. So, once upon a time, there was an innocent spider who, through no fault of its own, Is this Charlotte's Web? had a great deal of power bestowed upon him. Unfortunately for the innocent spider, before he could use it, he got slapped by a teenager and he bit the teenager. And, yeah, and that was the of end course. of Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, spider <laughs> Arachnophobia. It was nice to tell it from the spider's point of view. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the that, point of this game. That's an indie film right there. I mean, honestly, whoever thought about the spider, right? Nobody. You should, you He's should just have a named plot him. device. The spider yeah, has yeah. A, a spidernality, not a personality. A name, a mom, a dad. Okay, Paul, go next. Oh, my goodness. A spidernality. After you pick up your eyeballs after they just rolled out of your head. Oh, that's me. Oh, you too. Okay. Don't get them mixed up. It'll look weird. A scientist creates something really remarkable out of stolen parts and soon comes to regret it, especially after it wrecks his marriage. Is this Iron Man? It's a good guess, but no. No, because he wasn't married until later on. I guess that's true. That's true. Jonathan, do you have a guess? No, I'm I'm thinking about it. Wrecks his marriage. Is that a play on words? (laughs) Uh. Stolen uh, parts. I'm trying to focus stolen, on the stolen uh, parts thing. Wait, he creates what out of stolen parts? Something really remarkable. Oh, wow. That's descriptive. We're going to okay. need another clue. His creation doesn't react well to fire. I'm not sure if this is part of It's not the time traveler's wife, is it? That is incorrect, sir. Mm. Paul, you've stumped us. Oh, can I another clue? One more clue. One more One clue. More clue. Yeah. This is probably where the whole uh, villagers carrying torches and pitchforks started. Oh, Wait, Frankenstein. Yeah, I was going to say Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Stolen parts. Ah. 
stolen body <laughs> parts. That was very creative. Oh, man. Like that's great. Right. That's right. good. That was okay, good. Okay, I think mine is going to be a bit easier. Um, a a man. spider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Along came a spider. A man with a dark past is recruited by a powerful mega corporation to sleep on a plane. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, <laughs> Do you know it? Uh, snakes on a plane. No. To sleep on a plane. To oh, yeah. sleep on a plane. Probably you would have had snakes in your clue. Mm. Um, 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 Air Force One? No. Uh, sounds like. He does this in order to ruin another powerful mega corporation. To sleep on a plane. All right, hmm. there's got to be a twist here. Wait, Avatar. It's not Avatar. <sighs> oh, so close. All right, Kennedy, you're going to have to tell us. No, you, one more clue. Okay. <laughs> one more clue. <laughs> I know. The clock's ticking, though. I know. <laughs> um, He's waiting for a train. On a plane? Planes, trains, and automobiles? <laughs> I have no. no idea. Charlotte's Web. It's Del Griffith. It is Inception. Oh, oh. <laughs> very oh, good. You should have known it was Christopher Nolan. Oh. That was that was a top-notch clue. It was. Now, if you would have said something about it being backwards, then if I would have said it. If only I had I was, I, was I, could, I was wondering if I could incorporate the top into it without it being too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I might have gotten it, but I might not. All right, Emily. Bring right. us home. Older sister ruins younger sister's chance to appear on television. Mm. Mm. goodness man (laughs) these are tough these are tough (sighs) older sister ruins younger sister's chance to appear on television I want another clue yeah we're gonna need another Uh, clue she volunteered Oh, it's the Hunger Games. There you go. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, that was nice. Very good. Very that good. That was really good. That yeah, was really good. good. I think we're all winners here in one way or another. So thank you for another brain stumping installment of Name That Movie. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. And if you've enjoyed our conversation, please tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to just let people know what the Plugged In Show is all about. And you can also leave us a comment. You can also leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd also love to hear from you. What are your social media hopes and dreams, struggles and pain points as a family going into 2023? You can let us know, ironically, on Facebook (laughs) or Instagram, or send us a message at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And we might even feature your message in an upcoming episode. So by all means, send them our way. And as our thanks for being a part of the Plugged In Show today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. You'll find a link to that offer in the episode notes for today's show in our blog entry for this week's conversation. Well, as we roll into 2023. Again, I can't believe that it's a new year, but here we are. We here at the Plugged In Show wish you a very happy new year. And we also hope that you will continue to tune in to our conversations about pop culture, technology, and everything related to your family in those areas. So come on back next week for another episode of the Plugged In Show. 
It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com radio.